was your messy heart chose. All right, we are back. Thanks for tuning in. Love is louder than the noise. Man, the noise is so noisy out there. This is a guy named Craig Cardiff. Watched him perform a couple of weeks ago. We're going to try to book him on the show. Prolific singer-songwriter. And this song has taken off. It's, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's been impactful in my world. Love Gurus. That's the segment we're in right now. After walking a thousand kilometers on the Camino de Santiago during a three-month vow of silence, I came to the conclusion that I know very little about love. So I decided to reach out to a, a variety of love gurus during this love month. It's my Barry White impersonation, this love month. We, instead of Valentine's Day, it's Valentine's Month. So today's love guru and our last guru of the month, Dr. Omri Gallet. He is an attachment theory expert, professor of psychology at the University of Kansas. Got a really interesting TEDx talk. Okay, listen, um, what, this attachment theory stuff. Uh, how do you concise? You get asked about this all the time. How do you concisely explain it so people can grab a hold of it? Yeah. So, so the theory is is, is an attempt to explain what people need. And uh, Bowlby, the kind of father of the theory, said that. Um, you know, kind of like similar to the Beatles, all you need is love. Because before, and people like Freud and others said, you know, what we need is things like, you know, sex and food and and these kind of things. And, and Bobby suggested, well, we actually need to belong to a relationship. We need people to love us, to appreciate us, to respect us, to be there for us when we, you know, feeling down or we need help. And um, so the whole theory is, is an attempt to explain these things and to and to basically. Um, look at, at things like separation and rejection and the lack of love and how it affects people. Okay, and the there are how many categories are there? There's like insecure, secure, and anxious. Are there three? Right, well, no. So it it kind of depends who you ask. You know, as obviously with such a broad uh, area, but people talk about attachment styles and and try to avoid from categories. These are more like dimensions. So how high are you on avoidance? How high are you or low on uh, anxiety? And if you're low on both of them, you're considered to be secure. Okay. How do I... Look, I don't care if anyone's listening right now. I did, the only reason I got you on the show is because I need help. Okay? So... Sure. So let's... This is free therapy for me. What... Help me figure out what I am. How do I know what I am? Right. So so there are online questionnaires, uh, but, but you know, to, to think about it simply is to think about how hard or easy it is for you to be in a relationship, right? How easy you find it to trust others. How easy it is for you to depend on others and let them depend on you. Uh, do you have issues with closeness? Do you have issues with, uh, you know, wanting to do everything on your own? Um, are you good at talking about your emotions and your relationships? And based on your answers, we can kind of figure out, you know, whether you're secure, anxious, or avoidant. So avoidant people tend to, you know, downplay emotions, avoid intimacy, uh, don't want others to depend on them or to depend on others. Uh, they're kind of compulsive reliant in a way because they were hurt in the past and the message that they got you know mainly from their parents or other caregivers is that don't get too close to anyone else don't don't trust on anyone um anxious people are the ones who are not sure what's going on around them they always feel like someone else is not loving them enough and uh, there is a black hole in their soul you can say that basically they um, they need more and more and more and more love and they want to cling and merge with their close others and they're always preoccupied with the thoughts about rejection and abandonment. 
<laughs> okay. No, not, which one fits? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that last one. I'll uh, lock that in. I'm not even going to phone a friend. I know that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm. do you know much about the Enneagram? No. Okay. So the Enneagram is one of those personality typing systems that are out there, and I'm on the Enneagram uh, scale. I'm a four, which is an individualist. It's the romantic. It's the guy. No, what, whatever my feelings are, that's how I feel. And I'm not content okay. with feeling bad. I have to okay. feel really bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because it fits your worldview. This is what we find in studies. It's interesting because, you know, when we do studies and we give people feedback, if you give an anxious person a positive feedback, they don't like it. Yeah. It doesn't fit. They either they think that you're lying to them, or some mistake happened, yes. or the world has come to an end, right? So, so they they're freaking out about it. I wonder how much of it is just Canadian insecurity. Like we're not good with compliments anyway. We're not like we. The only time we're ever really good with coming in number in first with a gold medal is with hockey. Everything else, we want bronze. <laughs> we're fine with bronze. Right, and yeah. it's interesting. Bronze is actually better than silver, you know. Thank you. This is not about attachment now. This is about <laughs> sports psychology, and and it's great to be gold. It's it's actually pretty good to be bronze. Silver feels like they miss something. I know. know. They're, they're... It's so interesting you say that because we have just seen a lady, one of the girls on the women's team, was handed the silver, and she shook the person's hand. Silver went, a medal went around her neck, and then she took it off. And it also yeah. happened with the yeah. juniors. Uh, one of the American juniors was Swedish. was Swedish. Oh yeah, Swedish. I like blaming Americans. Anyway, uh, they he threw it into the crowd. He threw the silver into the crowd. Interesting, yeah. you say that because you feel like you could have been the gold. You don't want to be the second best, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, going back to attachment, yes. I mean, so so this is the interesting thing about anxious people. Right? Anxiously attached people are the ones who think that you're gonna reject them and abandon them, and it's just a matter of time. And and they're actually engaging in these behaviors that are gonna push people away from them. So they would be the ones who are calling repeatedly to their per, you know partner and saying you know do you love me you know and how much do you love me and yesterday you know you sent me flowers and last year on Valentine's you 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 know bought me a ring and this year you didn't and what's going on and are you leaving me? And this is the end. And, you know, yeah. Uh, get out of my head, man. Okay. I'm trying. All right. So, but but there are good news actually that you know if I can get into your head, I might be able to help you. No, no. You, you, yeah, no. trust me, man. I know that it's hard, but you'll have to trust me. You brought me on your show to help you, right? You want me to help you, and if if you watch my TED talk, it's it's a lot of it is about priming security, is making people reconnect with a sense of security. This is, yeah. you know, the majority of people out there, like about fifty-five to sixty-five percent of the people are secure. You know, when I heard you t- uh, sort of pull apart my patheticness, I this is what I heard. I heard, dude. Play it cool, they'll like you more. No, you know what? It, this is this is again your anxiety speaking, right? <laughs> the, the nice thing about secure people is that they are willing and happy and 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 easygoing about asking for help. Anxious people are terrified about it because they're clingy and they know what happened before, so they think that asking for help is going to kill their relationship, and then they cannot help themselves, and they and they do it after all. Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about how much and and what extremity you're getting to. The the problem was was or one of the issues with anxious people is that it's the extremity, right? It's it's the yeah. fact that even when they have a secure partner or a secure relationship or a or a therapist to some extent, they are so extreme in their need for love and and they're so 
kind of you know the, the, this 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 hole in their soul is so big that that nothing is is helping them at least for the first initial steps right once you go through you know a longer a, a, a relationship or if you stay with your a therapist, or if you have a good social network, which is what we're showing, if you have a, a bunch of good ties, you know, a bunch of friends that are going to be a supportive network for, for you, all that is actually going to help you, help you out. Um, oh, this is so interesting. You know, I've said for years that I have a crack love tank, which means that uh, the love can get poured in. It just leaks right out the bottom. I, it just doesn't stay. And, and the question is, is it the right type of love that you're putting in? And, and are you getting what, you know, what as kids we want is unconditional love, right? You know, mommy, mommy and I are one. There are studies about that. Showing this, this sentence to people is very powerful. And, and you want the love that would be there forever and ever, like in the fairy tales. And, and we're setting ourselves to fail, right? The, the, the adult mature view is to understand that people sometimes can be there for you. People have, you know, other plans. They need to be other places or, or can't answer the phone. And that's okay. You won't fall apart. Your relationship would last, and you'll move on. So, so it's it's finding these understandings. It's 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 finding a secure place and a safe haven to use some jargon here that would help anxious people. And and the nice thing about anxious people is that they are open to getting help. Uh, avoidant people are not. So so in some ways, it's better to be anxious. Uh, so so you're in a better place than people who are avoidant and say, you know what, I'm totally fine as I am. Yeah. Don't don't bug me with, you know, attempts to change me or anything like that. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That's the first uh, point that I've scored in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, me. Um, okay. On the uh, line here with Dr. Omri Galleth, he is an attachment theory expert, professor of psychology, University of Kansas. You know, when I get guests on the show, Dr. Galleth, I... I I, I want people to follow them, to buy their stuff, to get their CDs, their keychains, their frisbees, whatever they're selling. How can my listeners be fans of yours? Well, you know, they can they can watch my TED talk and and push that around. We're actually you know working right now on an app that is supposed to help people monitor how they feel, how secure they are, and try to help them to become more secure. So that's something that should come up shortly. But you know, again, for me, it's it, the rating is 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 you know not as important. If if you guys are you know academics and citing my papers in your papers, that's great. Uh, but in my world, it's more about can I make an impact? Can I help people like you, Drew, or others to become more secure? Because in the long term, if we have more secure people in our in our society, that means that we all live in better in a, in a better circumstance. It's right? funny. So, it's funny. Every time you say secure, I think of somebody who's like who's like who plays it cool in the in the whole love field. You know, they just cool. They play it cool. They're laid back, and they're, you know, cool. And and I'm I'm like. Like, there's no question. I'm a romantic, uh, and I, I, but I also want to ask you about: Can people really? Can people change? Are they always, you know, when they're born this way, and then they're going to be like that way for? Because I think back, and I used to be somebody who would work really hard. I was such a typical. I was such a typical male. I'm no longer. Um, that's horrible. Uh, I would I would work my butt off to get someone to love me, and then when they loved me. I would chill and I would, I would just take advantage, take that love for granted. And, 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 and yeah. now I'm, and now I'm back to, to being that guy I used to be when I was, you know, 19, 20 or whatever. I'm back to, to, man, I just, I want to, 
I want to just like fly, like ah, oh, I'm a mush bag man. I mean, I'm like a James Taylor fan. That just shows you how pathetic I am. I'm romantic. So, so let me let me tell you a few different things here. Uh, uh, so, so, so first of all, you kind of need to think about okay, what is your goal? What is long term goal here? And and yes, people do change, and they change over time, and they change via therapy, and they change via relationships. And 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 there are very interesting studies by Bill Chupik, who's looking at at the changes in attachment over time. There are other studies by Chris Fraley, who's also looking at changes in attachment. And uh, we have a few grants looking at that, and we're trying to understand what brings change. And you know, as I mentioned before therapy is definitely something that can bring change uh, having you know social networks that can support you is very important um having having this secure and safe relationships can help you but what you're telling me is interesting because the you know the cool playful kind of like t- tendency or attitude of, about relationships is, is something that avoidant people actually do so maybe you're not so anxious as you're saying maybe maybe you're you know what we call fearful avoidant which is a combination of being high on anxiety and high on avoidance and again i'm not trying to you know analyze you or anything but i'm just throwing it out there so so you think about it it's not good to be you know the super cool uh game playing guy either why not that gets the chicks man because we, we want you to have an authentic happiness and love, and that would bring you the real help, not not the you know getting many partners you can brag about. You know this is this is going you know back to the research about sexual strategies. You know some people want to have as many partners as they can. Men tend to like these kind of like short term sexual strategies, one night stand. And, no, I'm not. And, no, know, no, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to like. Have to get shares in penicillin. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm not wired. Like I'm not. That's not anyway. Get a new sponsor then. Yeah. No. 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 I, listen. I want to bring in Tim the Tool. He's my associate here on the show. Tim, this is a very intelligent man, Doctor Omri Gallagher. Oh, I thought you were talking about me for a no, second. No, not you. Of course not. What do you want to say what, to this what guy? What kind of tool, by the way? Uh, just a meathead is what he is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, I. It's funny because I drew an eye or are very similar people uh, with regards to that. I, I was totally the same way. I'd work real hard to impress the the lady, and then when we were officially in a relationship, you know, the official theme song was, you don't bring me flowers anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right, right. I totally get that. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it, and and yeah, you guys, you know, I you know, hopefully you're growing out of it. But yeah, we go through stages in life, of course. You know, there is a stage where you just find out about sex or just find about relationships, and and there is a transition of who you see as your attachment figure. This is another important thing. So so you know, when we're young, we tend to look at our caregivers, our primary caregivers. You know, mom, dad, you know, whoever is their nanny, uh, day daycare teacher as our main attachment figure. These are the people that we we turn to when we we need support and help and want to share some good or something bad and so on as we grow a bit older you know we we tend to turn to our peers you know friends best friends classmates and so on and then for some people not everyone this is becoming the romantic partner and and this is the person that you want to spend all your time with and share everything with and go everywhere with and so on but you know uh, we have a study about about long-term singles and and these are people that never had and probably would never have a romantic partner, but they still have an attachment figure. They still have someone who can provide them mm-hmm. with their attachment needs. We all need to find a way to fulfill our attachment needs because if we don't, that's impacting our health. This is um, impacting your, your mental health, your physical health, your longevity. Um, you're going to die young and miserable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Without relation. Easy there. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm oh. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. He says, 
Um, oh, I had a really good thought. Where'd it go? Tim, do you know where my thought went? Uh, no. No, I don't know where it went. Um, um, what's uh, wrong? No, I, okay. I, what I really want to get to is, I, I, keep, I think I keep coming back to the same theme. I, I am a romantic. I am, but, but um, it hasn't worked. <laughs> what would you mean by romantic? Um, oh, I know where I wanted to go. Hold on, this helped me think of it. My my dad uh, and I had a conversation about you know just where I'm at in life and stuff and and um, and we were talking about how back in his day you know he said Drew I I'm kind of like you I didn't really have a whole lot of and he called them boyfriends you know he's eighty eighty four uh, and you know, I didn't have a lot of boyfriends I preferred the company of a woman and so it was your mom and so we your mom and I we just did everything together we hung out together I didn't have a lot of pals you know poker night and that kind of stuff yeah and and I'm I'm wired the same way. And so is Tim. Tim's nodding at me across the room there. And, but that just so, from what I've heard though is that when it comes to uh, the uh, the uh, the person that you're trying to have a relationship with, sometimes that person kind of says, "You know, I wish you had some friends because there's a little too much uh, time hanging out together, a little too much pressure yeah. on me to be everything for you." So, so a couple of things. First of all, guys do gain much more than, from the marriage than, than women. Women tend to have the social networks. They're better at socializing. They have all these, you know, book clubs and, and clothes sale and, you know, what, what have you, you know. And, and my wife is the same. And, and, you know, I, I have, you know, not too many, you know, uh, uh, boyfriends as you call them <laughs> or whatever but but this is this is typical for guys guys tend not to have too many and even if you have poker nights and stuff like that these are not the nights where you sit and share your feelings emotions and and you know hold hands and sing the kumbaya you're playing poker um and the problem is that you know if one of the partners is passing away or you, you're experiencing a divorce or something like that, then then you know women are gonna survive it better than men, unfortunately. Now the thing is, and there are studies. You know, I I don't think I don't think I mentioned Ben Carney, but he's he's from UCLA and he's doing studies on couples in distress. So it could be because one of them is a, is an army person and he's deployed, or because they are uh, from a low SES or something like that. But anyways, what he's showing in a, in a recent study is that your social networks, these other ties that you're talking about are super important so yeah you should work on other friendships and, it, and you don't need to have you know a gazillion of them uh, having one or two good friends uh, that you can share your feelings and thoughts and turn to when you're you know down or when something is not working with your spouse is is all you need dude how many dudes do you know that can handle that kind of conversational depth i don't know many dudes that either a want to do it or b can do it or c let me just tell you right now dudes are horrible listeners horrible horrible listeners I, i'm sorry i'm a dude and i'm 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 i was told that i'm a very good listener, i know but, but you but you're like you live with dorothy down in kansas i mean you know hey not... hey she left she but, left but, uh, <laughs> I live with Bill She's Self gone with the and Jayhawks, not Dorothy. You know, think Jayhawks, yeah. think basketball. Okay. okay, all right. But anyways, but I'm saying, yeah, you're right. Dudes are this. These are gender roles, and we are uh, brought up to think that we cannot and we should not talk about our emotions and not expose them and stuff like that. This is BS. Yeah. Uh, forget, for, forgive my French. Uh, you, you guys in Canada. It's our second language up here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and uh, you know there are studies out there showing that this is this is not the case. Dudes are great listeners when they want to. They can talk about their feelings. They can do all of that. They're not you know limited in any ways. They're not emotionally challenged when they want to. They just don't want to. They want to you know drink beer and watch the game. 
right? Which starting, you know, just now, the JX are playing. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, we can. If we want, we can. And yeah. we definitely you know, want to connect. And we need to connect emotionally with people. <sighs> that was a... That was actually a really stinking good interview. I would, I want to have you back again, man. That My would, pleasure. That, just phenomenal stuff. Really, really appreciate your time, your your work. We didn't even talk about sex. Nothing. I don't want to talk about sex. Well, we can we can Maybe. have one a little longer then. No, not, I'm fifty one. I'll be fifty two this year. I'm, I got no. Sex is always important. Eh. Always. Important. Yeah. Keep talking, brother. <laughs> anyway, ask the tool. Ask the tool. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sure he has, you know, very long and hard things to tell you. Yes, yeah, he's just, he's been married a long, long time. Um, okay, listen, man, we're uh, we're gonna fly, but so good to talk to you. Thank you again, today's love guru, Dr. Omri Gallat, attachment theory expert, professor of psychology at the University of Kansas, and uh, any. Um, Thank you for having He's me. He's a professional shot putter as well. I don't know. I was trying to add something manly in there, and I came up with professional shot putter. Well, because the shot puts are big. Oh, no, no. what? <laughs> what? No. Shuffleboarder. Canadian thing. Yeah, that's what it is. Curler. The curler. That's curler. right. Yeah. Okay. Omri, thanks, okay. man. Good to talk to you. Bye, bye, bye. Oh, that was funny. He's good, man.